Yo, what's up, y'all? This be Johnny and J-Mo from State of Shit Podcast, letting you know to like and subscribe to us on any listening platforms you may be able to listen to podcasts. We are on Google, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. All right, man. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, what's up, guys? How y'all doing out there? Welcome to another episode of the J-Mo's Journal. J-Mo's Journal is a branch from the Stittership Podcast. And, of course, it's your boy, J-Mo71 motherfucking three. Checking up in this thing. We're going to have a great episode. I got my guy Johnny on the ones and twos in the background, as always. Hello, everybody. You know, he's going to be back there doing his thing, you know, holding it down like he always do. And on this episode, we're going to have a pretty good one, man, like how he always do. Like, what's going to be the difference, right? But on this one, we're going to talk about Rollo Fam Goon. Now, if you would like to who this guy in the fucking comments of academics, you know what I'm saying, shit or one of these dudes, then I'm gonna tell you exactly who he is. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna break it down, the situation that he's in, like he just signed for federal prison time. We're gonna talk about that. We're gonna have a little few tidbits that I'm gonna throw in there. I'm not gonna tell you guys what the tidbits are, cause they'll be like short and sweet. They won't be nothing too, you know what I'm saying, long and thoughtful. They'll just be something very short and sweet. Just mention, shall I say. But that podcast that, that what really brought me to the mic was I wanted to do an episode on someone that I've been watching since I've been watching people talk about sports pretty much, like as far as in commentating outside of the game. I've been hard on them a lot lately because when you make it to a certain place in life, you get judged. And I'm not going to lie, I'm just judging. And I don't want to wait until something bad happens to this man. For me to appreciate everything that he's doing and everything that he's done. So I wanted to give him his flowers. I wanted to talk about, you know, what he means to the sports world, in my opinion, and what I like about the guy, to say the truth. And the guy we're talking about on this episode would be Stephen A. Smith. <sighs> Stephen A. Smith. Go ahead, man. Yeah, like when I first started watching ESPN, not first start watching, but like my teenage ESPN years, Stephen A was the guy that I was like so happy to hear talk about things because I felt he could relate. I could relate to him. He gave us a lot of the stuff, what I call, he, he, I say, he, I could say like, it felt like he was the first time I heard Barbershop talk on like, ESPN like he was really saying shit that I was thinking I would I would see guys go through Sports Center and do the whole goddamn show and they just introducing me the information but he would sit back and ask a question like who the hell does this guy think he is to you know what I mean or when a guy's playing bad to call him out on his bad game instead of just showing the stats and letting us say to like read the obvious he'll be like he was ass tonight if he bring his half of what he, you know what I'm saying, just what he brought to the sports was unique when I first heard it as a youngster. I was like 14, 15 listening to it. It was just so unique. And I was like, I like this guy, man. And I remember when I went to prison and I was like, I miss ESPN. I missed cold pizza because Stephen A was on there debating every, every day. And the reason it made me want to talk about him is because I had one of the moments where I just sat back and said, if Stephen A was to pass right now, anything bad happened to Stephen A. Smith, everybody would be 
man, he did. We would find out how much he really meant to the community of sports. We would find out all the black people he put on, all the execs, all the producers, all of the analysts. We would get a chance to really, you know what I'm saying, the doors that he opened in the media game. We would get a chance to really appreciate that. And I'm like, why do we have to wait for somebody to pass to like appreciate it? So it made me want to sit back and think of all of the things that he's done, look around the room, and then think about when I was that 14, 15-year-old dude looking at ESPN, and then look at ESPN now and just look at all the different faces, the type of characters that we have up there. And I'm like, maybe if Stephen A wasn't up there talking all that shit 15 years ago, Kendrick Perkins wouldn't even be allowed to walk in ES- on ESPN campus. Maybe Jay Will would, but maybe Keyshawn Johnson wouldn't. Even how Max is, how he is, the opinions that he has, maybe he would have to be more curtailed, more put in a box. So I feel like Stephen A. did show them, he opened up a different market in the sense of, in the, in the minds of media, to show them something else works outside of just giving a nigga stats and highlights and saying, kaboom, putting little fucking cool ass words around them. We want real opinions. And I feel like Stephen A., and I'm pretty sure with people who done it before him, but I feel like he's the one that brought it all the way out to the forefront to where you were able to hire a lot of people that were not like Stephen A., but they were in that genre. Stephen A. Is pretty much has a, he can damn near have his own genre if I was smart enough to classify it. I am just don't know media genres, and I know media genres, but I wouldn't know how to take his specifics and separate them from the other things that people can't do or they don't do that would make his genre the Stephen A. genre. To put the people in it specifically other than what I call barbershop talk. I actually like that, man. I actually do like that. Like, Stephen A. Smith, man. Yeah, we had to give him his followers. I'm like, I actually thought about it. Like, you know how we used to always give him smoke and heat and whatnot. But how you just put that shit down, poetically, beautiful. Yep. And I was been one of the hardest critics of Stephen A. in the last three years. I've been telling my nephew, like, how I felt like he's changed and how I felt like this and that. But honestly, I've changed. And that's okay. I started watching Stephen A when I was 15 and now I'm 32. Stephen A is Stephen A. He still get paid to do the same job, talk about some of the same shit. And go about it somewhat of the same way. It's me that like want him, I guess, you know what I'm saying? So you got sometimes got to sit back and look at yourself and realize that even when Stephen A first came in the door, right? What I want the first person, black president to smoke, get caught doing some nigga shit in the White House. Do I want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't want him to go in that bitch and fuck it up for everybody else behind him. So I wouldn't expect him to come in and just try to really barbershop talk it. I would expect him to say, hit us with the if you know, if you if you know, you know kind of language. But he really different from everybody else at the same time. Not by just being loud, but by also by challenging athletes. Letting them know, you can call me. We never got that kind of like dialogue from people to where it felt like, he was talking to that athlete, not about him. Because he was like, you, you felt like he had the dude's number. Like, they would reach out to him. He would come back on the show the next day and be like, I talked to old boy about that we had. It's cool. We all cool. He just had some shit with uh, Jamie Foxx. When Jamie Foxx was calling him out about some shit he said. Damn, it was some shit he said about somebody. I think it was about Kyrie. I don't know. It was about somebody, though. And he was Jamie Foxx was like basically you don't you don't hear you talk about white athletes like this you always going at the black people and 
Stephen A. say, nigga, I, the next day he came on the shit, he said, we, we talk, we talk for an hour. We disagree when we talk, but we talk. So look, just for y'all thinking it's smoke, we got smoke on this kind of shit. There ain't no real smoke in real life. Everybody say that about Stephen A. They say one thing about Stephen A. is he a real one. You call him, he gonna answer, he gonna have the same energy. He ain't gonna say, man, I was just on TV talking. He gonna say, well, what you do? Did you, did you score? Did you score thirty? Or did you score thirteen? Like he gonna really? So I'm not. I'm supposed to get up there and act like you didn't get up there and, and lay a goose egg last night. That's my job to tell the truth. You want me to get up there and lie? Like Stephen A. gonna tell you the truth? Like that's what it is, and I respect that. I don't want to get too caught up in the character of Stephen A. and who I really think he, how I think he is. I just want to get caught up in who I think he is, and I know he's a goat. It ain't. He's the goat. Like oh, for goat. sure, for sure, for sure. Honorary like, goat. Yeah. He do, he do what people can't do. He put so many other motherfuckers in position. And he do what he want to do. And it works. Like, so, kudos to Stephen A. Smith, man. Much love, much life. I hope you get it. we get another 30 years out of you doing this shit, man. And I pray that everyone can start to appreciate him more, I guess, because... He's like the best we got. It's like LeBron. Now LeBron about to retire the next couple of years. We're going to see how bad niggas going, how fucked up shit really is without this nigga. So, I just, kudos to him, man. And that's it on Stephen A. All right, let's get that man an applause if I got the button right. Now, the second yeah. one I promised to tell you guys about, what's Rallo Fam Goon? Yeah, who is Rallo Fam Goon? Rallo Fam Gone is a guy from Atlanta. He's a guy he got locked up in, I believe, 2017 for marijuana charges. He's been sitting in Fulton County. Since then, he just got sentenced to eight years in federal prison for the marijuana charges. And he got almost five years done. If he get his GED and take a drug class, he should be home beginning of the next year. But uh, he's a guy that... I think he's like 26 25 years old he's around a little baby age he he i don't want to speak on what he did illegally like i'm gonna speak on the case but i'm saying the other shit like he he was a street guy that was a very successful street guy right young young guy at this time he bought an apartment complex renovated it and moved everybody all his homies and all his everybody in so everybody had their own spot you know what i'm saying but what he was convicted of was trafficking almost $2 million worth of marijuana from California to Atlanta on a private jet on two different trips. So, you know, big marijuana charge. They got him for a base that and then using the private jets to do it. Like, it's the way he trafficked it. He would have probably got caught in a car with, I guess that's hundreds of, that's probably thousands of pounds of weed though. Thousands of pounds for $2 million. Federal. Federal. Yeah, that's thousands of pounds of weed. So, you know, basically, I just want to speak on his situation. And the reason I did want to speak on his situation is because the way he got caught, right? He got caught because he boarded up. For one, he was already on Fed Watch. If you're getting pulled over every day, if you're getting your bags checked at every airport, if you're getting pulled over in different states, it's Fed. If you're in your own state and you're getting pulled over, it could be some state shit. But if you're going to different states and getting pulled over, Fed's on your ass, on your ass, on your ass, right? And that was happening to him. He was documented in a lot. So that was strike one. He should already know I can't do nothing, put my be close to nothing, because these bitches on my ass. Strike two was, and I can't give him a strike for this. This is a strike, not his strike. Is he boarded the plane and refused to give a list of who he was riding with. 
and that's what they do you know when they when you when you book a private plane you be like me and eight passengers they want to literally know the name of all the eight passengers and if you refuse to give them they can report that to the feds and if the feds decide who is it Man, that guy probably with nobody. He probably just don't got them thoughts with him. He a married man. He can't put these hoes on his list. But when they look up and see his Rollo fam gone, they like, who is Rollo? He ain't want to tell us who the other six, seven passengers was. Bad. So what they do is they get the SUVs, they pull up to the tarmac, and they pull up on him. And when he getting out, they like, no, 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 don't worry. We're going to unload them bags for you, bro. And they unload the bags, and the bags got a gang of weed in them. And he in the fucking private jet with him, right? So it's like... How the fuck they got guns, all kind of shit, of course, but the guns are always legal. They, uh, you know, they roll militant. He's a uh, Islamic guy. He kind of, they roll literally like, it look like they're the nation the way they roll, bro. The apartment complex was guarded by niggas with AKs, like, like he fucking Pablo Escobar got a fortress and shit. Fortress. But, and the reason I say that to say about the, the most, the one thing I wanted to point out the most was the private jet part, right, with the no names. You know, that's what got Juice World, right? Juice World was on a private jet flying from California to, I guess, Chicago with... He didn't want to give up the names of the people or whoever booked the pl- flight didn't give up the names. Feds was there to meet them. 42 Doug, another rapper I listened to. He from Detroit. He just got... He and Feds right now. He booked a flight and didn't want to tell them who was on it. Guess who was waiting on the motherfucking tarmac? The Feds. So, two things. If you're going to do something illegal, try to make it... Like, I always say this. You can't do something... If you're doing bad, try to do make it look as normal as possible. Like, don't be out here motherfucking kabooming, kabamming, kabooming in the fucking public. Don't just, just, just learn how to do it. And tell them everybody's on the plane. Do it in plain... Do everything in plain sight. Make everything look normal, nigga. And that's what they did fell on a lot. Plus, the private jets probably ain't the lick when it come to moving weight. Because if the feds can meet me when I land, it ain't like a car I can go on a run. It ain't like nothing else where I can just, man, I'm taking a different interstate. Once I board that plane with them packs, nigga, I'm caught. Once they done made, if they already made the decision to come. So I feel like that's a different thing, too. Like, as far as just the people out there trafficking and stuff, just the pattern of ways they got caught, I feel like people should pay more attention to so I want to kind of give people the information on him getting that eight years because he had been sitting in prison, I mean, in county jail since 2017. So he finally got sentenced and then people were curious. So what was he going to get sentenced? Two million dollars worth of weed. So they let people know also, nigga, if you want to take a risk, nigga, take a big risk. Y'all niggas going to jail for robbing a goddamn corner store for $500 and getting 15 goddamn years. This nigga sold, had two million dollars worth of weed and got eight years. If you're going to do anything, go big, go fed, baby. Wow, that's a crazy story. You, you, I ain't gonna lie. You wowed me when I heard that this nigga was actually moving the shit on a on a private jet. Crazy. Like he got crazy a jet he didn't own. Crazy. This nigga riding. That's like that's, that's that, crazy. That's nigga. He done took the Greyhound to a whole nother level. That nigga took the Amtrak to nigga, a whole nother level. Megabucks. You could you could have did Megabucks. You can't put a thousand pounds on the Megabucks though. If you if you if you if you, if you got eight niggas in your entourage and you divide that shit, yeah, yeah you can't. I just send a lot of niggas on trips though, no cap. But that was that to say that one of the tidbits I wanted to give you guys. You know, it's I don't know if you give a fuck or not. I really don't be caring. It's just 
one thing I always want to point out, I give you guys the news you probably care about the most, and then I always throw the shit in there that I care about the most. Because it's always a lesson in everything. The news is Gunner and Young Thug were denied bond. Young Thug just had another bond hearing today. Today is being May, I mean, June 2nd, a Thursday, June 2nd. And he was denied. Kevin Lyles, the executive of the label that he signed to, was actually in court crying, saying Young Thug's a good guy, and they still didn't work. So that's the information you guys like to hear. Like, y'all want the information on that, right? Young Thug didn't get bond. Kevin Lyles came in and cried. Young Thug don't have to probably sit in jail until he goes through trial. The part I want to point out is Gunner. Gunner them out here thugging, living that life, doing all this shit, right? Getting good money for rapping and all that shit, and that's cool. But Gunner was willing to give up everything that makes his lifestyle different from ours just to get out of jail, bro. He told him, I'll give y'all my cars, my house, y'all can freeze my bank accounts, take my passport. Just let me out this bitch, man. And ankle monitor, nigga, I'll stay in the house, nigga. I ain't going nowhere. I'm willing to do nothing, nigga, just to get out. And that's what a lot of people get to when they go to jail, and that's cool. And I just pointed that out to say, if you could remember that shit, and if the niggas that don't have to touch the stove to know it's hot can just think of that shit and see it, it ain't that lit when it's lit you know what i'm saying when shit get hot shit ain't that lit bro i for promise real, you for real i've been looking at this story too man like i knew young thug was gonna get denied bail but i was like i actually had like a little percentage for gunner like, i had a little real. percentage for gunner but Gunner got in there and gave up, tried to give up everything. He still didn't get out. That doesn't mean that he's not going to get out at a later date. With it being state, he probably won't. If it was federal, he probably would. It's funny because Young Thug really couldn't get his he couldn't get his bail because the judge that they had at the time was not issued to like pass a bail. <laughs> that was fucked up. I say, damn, they knew what they did with they. I knew, they knew what they did when they put that woman on that screen. Yeah. He had some other things that he had to take care of, though, with his lawyer. He wanted a certain lawyer, and his lawyer could possibly have had to testify, which they cleared up in court today that his lawyer would not have to testify because his lawyer was a lawyer to other people on some other cases. Yeah, that's what they call it, uh, a point of interest. Uh, 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 something like that, like a like a person, of, a person of interest or something like that. It's like a conflict of interest. Conflict of interest, yes. Yeah, so that was a conflict of interest, but they ruled it, I guess, not a conflict of interest. Denied his bond. But I was just saying, like, that shit look cool when niggas out thugging, but if you got a thug to get paid, then you got to think about that consequence. For one, you either got to be ready to sit down and hide the bag, come home, look, be, live good, or you got to be willing to shut it down a little bit to, like, realize, man, I might not want to do all this shit to go to jail because when I go to jail, none of this shit even matters anyway. Other than me having taken pictures, I can show people the pictures and tell them these long ass elaborate stories of the lit ass shit I did when I was out. And that shit ain't gonna do nothing but make you stress more. Cause you looking at it like, fuck, I was doing that shit and now I'm doing this shit. So, think about shit more. Just a little more perspective into like, when niggas on those songs saying they don't give a fuck about the cops and nigga, I die for this shit. Nigga won't even go to jail for that shit for like a possible trial. Like, Face, facing 20 years where you could possibly get 10. Nigga, you won't die for shit. You ain't willing to give up a piece of your life for that shit, nigga. But when it comes to being in jail, you willing to give up all of your life for that shit. Which kind of made me think like, man, I would have been like his co-defendant. And I heard my co-defendant was willing to give up his house, his mama house. 
his mama house, the house he bought his mama, he was gonna get that shit up too. The nigga basically did like a crucifix, like a like a crucifixion of bankruptcy. Bro's like, man, mama gonna go hole up in a hotel six, motel six, man. Y'all can put like a two police outside the watches. But I he ain't say all that. He did say he would sell his mama, like they could take his mama house and hold it for whatever the fuck, however they do it for forfeiture. But what I what made me think is if I was his co-defendant, one of the things I would think is if he wouldn't give up all that, that nigga give me up. Like, how could you not think that shit? Yeah, because I thought about that too when you first mentioned it. It kind of was a, it was a, it was an afterthought. But the thing was like, nigga, they gonna press the fuck out you if they if they give you bail, they gonna press you. Let's see if, let's see if like you know, let's see like let's see if he's solid. I don't think it's gonna be nothing to do with solid. I just think him being from where he from, he can't tell. Like. Certain niggas know It's like You watch movies before You've seen shows before Where you be like Tell me or I'ma kill you If I tell you I'ma die anyway You've heard a nigga say that before right In a movie or something Yes sir And that's kind of what it is A lot of times in situations Where niggas wanna tell Nigga probably wanna tell His goddamn ass off Tell he wanna write A goddamn song about it And say you know Use these lyrics Possibly Oh, oh no you, Like I said like the, the, fret, the, the feds gonna press him If but, they were to give him bail but being from Atlanta, he'll never ever be able to show his fucking uh, cut a dread off and try to be, like get it mailed to Atlanta without. And we talking forty two Doug, huh? Nah, we, we talking, talking Gunner. Gunner, what's the? Oh yeah, yeah. My fault. I was thinking forty two Doug for some reason, but Gunner, yeah. The Gunner's from no, no. You see, I got that mixed up. I can. Gunner's from Atlanta. Yeah, I was thinking forty two Doug's from Detroit because I thought the niggas. I thought Gunner. Forty two from Detroit. Yeah, but you know. Same difference and shit like that. He could, he yeah, he couldn't, he couldn't show his face. Yeah, he wouldn't be able to show his him. Then him being a celebrity, plus all the shit he talked to Sakashi like, so he would never be able to come out and make money off music again. So I feel like just with his livelihood and everything, he gonna have to deal with the shit. He probably hoping another nigga snitching. They all just got to plea out, cause that's usually what happens. The shit not going nigga, to trial. It's like twenty eight niggas in this bitch. You hear me? Someone's gonna tell something. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's gonna tell something. Whoever got the least, like the least amount of time looking, they gonna say something. And that's gonna speed the case up. Yup. Because once you get told on, if I'm denying I'm doing all this shit, but the nigga I did it with is willing to go testify on stand every single thing we done, I literally have no win in trial. What's the fucking point in going to trial? Literally. I done sat here like you got you got evidence upon evidence. You not only can tell them shit, you can tell them, hey, call so and so and confirm this. Hey, man, I can take you to where they dumped the gun at. Hey, I can tell you, look, they this like he can he can break the whole setups down to you. And when that shit start happening, you gotta go to your your lawyer gonna come to you and just say, hey, they talking about this. This is what they're talking about. Ten or uh, you think you can do ten? You think you can take the twelve? I'm gonna go say 12. I'm gonna go talk. I'm gonna go ask for 12. Okay, look. But the, what he'll do is see if you can do 12, but he's gonna go ask for like eight. Hey, can I get my guy eight? They're gonna say, nah, fuck that. This nigga did too much shit. He's gonna say 20's the max, man. I'll do 10. We're gonna go halfway. They're gonna say, nah, we want a little bit more of a half. Then he's gonna say, 12 is the highest I go. If I'm not 12, we're gonna reset. Prosecutor think about it, be like, I got this nigga from eight to 12. But the nigga done already agreed to 12 in the back. But he just hoping to try to be a good lawyer. And the, the, if the prosecutor say the eight, 
then he can come back and say, I got you eight, because your mom was already on the 12. So it's all a game. He played the number game on that. It's all a number game, but that's how it goes when you got when you with co-defendants. But also that's how you have co-defendants when you want to be gang gang. You don't have 28 co-defendants if you don't want to be the biggest gang in fucking Atlanta. If you don't want to employ niggas and have niggas riding with you and be around a gang of niggas throwing up a bunch of hand signals, wearing a bunch of the same colors, talking a bunch of shit. And you got money. You know that shit pissed the laws off. You can be a broke nigga. Niggas in Greenspoint can do that shit all day. But don't let them niggas start parking Bentleys and Benzes up in Greenspoint. Nigga, they gonna run every goddamn body up out there. They gonna start taking them niggas to jail. For sure. They gonna pop up. I already know. For, they gonna, that's when they start planting shit on niggas. Like, nigga, that crack is yours. Nigga, we don't even sell crack no more. No, nigga, that crack is yours. Nigga, that crack look like you got that shit from the 90s, nigga. Old ass package. Shit stuck to the plastic, nigga. I could have never even had that shit on me. But thank you guys for listening, man. That was good, good talk, man. Flowers for Stephen A. A little bit of information of Rallo. You know, a little bit of uh, tidbits and a little bit of learning from lessons from Young Thug and Gunner's situation. And that's just what we do here at JMO's Journal, man. We be well-rounded. We kind of, we kind of, we kind of like to fuck with all your brain. You know what I'm saying? Like tap on your brain a little bit. And I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you want to reach out, JMO713 on PlayStation. I like that. I'd rather you meet me there because you can talk to me, play games with me. You know, I play Fortnite. That's a free game. If you don't got it, get it, bitch. But, uh, you know, 713, JMO713 on Instagram, JMO713 everywhere. But still, the ship is everywhere. That's the, that's the main brand. That's the main page. You know, if you can't spell, I'm sorry, I'm not spelling it out for you today. Like, tell your phone, tap the little mic button, and say, steer the ship. And we go from there. Until next time, it's the boy, and it's the boys. We out. Peace.